Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me is Pastor Matt. Yes, I am. Who told me it is unlikely he's going to be funny. It is very unlikely. If anyone knows anything about me, they know that I am my own number one fan, and I don't have very many others. So we love you, Maddie. (laughs) We do. We do. We're, We're actually recording this on Zoom today, and Matt just used the applause hands for himself. That's that's what I. I did. I wish there were more reactions. I wish I like. I wish there was like a thumbs down reaction. I wish there was. Oh, I got a thumbs up from Ashley. That's good. So also with us today. So we we, we introduce her is Ashley Ross. Hello. And and apparently her cat. Woo! Yes. Tootsie is here. She's not uh, gonna say much, but she's here. Just, just like just like any good Zoom, you know, recording. Like like I think there there has to be some type of animal sighting even in the <laughs> even in the city tootsie, how did tootsie get the name tootsie we adopted her from a shelter and that's the name she came with so awesome does she look like a tootsie roll no she's all black she's just i guess her beautiful self tootsie maybe rolls like, are brown brown maybe like a, an extra hardened tootsie roll I, I love Tootsie Rolls growing up, by the way. What? Tootsie Roll Ew. is the worst. Tootsie Roll is the worst candy. Delicious. I know, but there like there's something about like that really hard chewiness. I don't know. I probably, I feel like I, don't know. I feel like like on the on the list of all like candies, like yeah. Tootsie Roll is gotta be in like the bottom ten percent, right? Necco Necco wafers. <laughs> what? Necco wafers are worse. Tootsie so, rolls are Actually, are you disagreeing with Necco wafers or are you disagreeing with my Tootsie Roll take? The Necco wafers. But honestly, you want the person, you want to go trick-or-treating with the person who doesn't like the candy that you like. That's true. So then you can share and swap around. We're, we're still, it is It is December 2nd and here we are. We're, <laughs> this is an Advent podcast and here um, we are. Somehow we got into, we got okay, into. Okay, we're into Halloween. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's not, because, no, that's not the holiday fault. we're talking about. It's my about. fault. It's hey, my fault. Is, I forgot what we were talking about. It's 2020. It's 2020. Halloween has come and gone. Thanksgiving has now come and gone. And so here we are talking about Advent, which I, I think before we talk about some of the specifics, I think maybe it's helpful for us, even maybe for those that are maybe newer to the church, maybe newer to Christianity, um, to even answer the question, what is Advent? I realized even on Sunday we were talking about Advent and the season of Advent, but it might even be unfamiliar for people. So what, why, why, don't, why don't we start there? Uh, Ashley, do you want to kick us off? What, how, how, if somebody were to ask you, what is Advent? <laughs> what would you say? Uh, sure. I think it's a valid question because honestly, I had to ask someone like we, I grew up in a Christian family, but we didn't do Advent growing up. So I didn't know what it was until I was in my twenties at least. Um, but basically, you know, short answer, it's the four weeks leading up to, to Christmas day, but the, the word Advent means waiting, like Latin for waiting. And it's a part of, there's like a whole liturgical calendar, which is just like a fancy word for like this structure for, meditation and ritual leading up to these like significant days in the calendar so we've got advent leading up to christmas and lent leading up to easter and it's just a way to kind of prepare mentally for observing a holiday yeah i guess that's what i'd say 
Yeah, I mean, throughout throughout the history of the church, the church has had this calendar as a um, sort of a, I mean, actually, I, I say throughout the history of the church, we've had this calendar, but even in the Old Testament, God gives uh, feast days and specific uh, uh, remembrances throughout the year. And really the, the, the New Testament church um, reflects that in a lot of ways and uh, in practice and tradition has reflected that in um, celebrating different parts of the work of Christ, the personal work of Jesus Christ throughout the, the year. So um, these holidays are, are a reminder, but then the, so we have Christmas and Easter that we're familiar with and our culture is familiar with, but the season leading up to it is meant to be a, um, it says my internet connection is unstable. So I don't know. I, I'm I also hear per- you. I'm also personally <laughs> unstable. So it's a little bit of a rocky situation. It might balance each other out. But um, but the, these seasons are opportunities really to, I think, deeply reflect, like you're saying, actually deeply reflect on the significance of these, um, uh, really significance of these holy days, these holidays that are meant to be pointing us to Christ, pointing us to remember what God has done for us, pointing us to remember all the incredible gifts that God has given to us. Um, some churches are more liturgical too, that they actually have like specific readings for specific days and a three-year calendar and all these other things. Um, we're not that liturgical, but we do honor and celebrate the liturgy and the seasons of the year um, because it's important to us to remember that uh, this is this is this is what uh, we're called to do in our lives, in our schedules, in our seasons to worship God. Yeah, and I mean, I, I just I so appreciate the the fact that there's this season dedicated to this this practice of waiting, right? And really, to teach us and to remind us that of the fact that. God's people, waiting has been a, a part of the call for God's people ever since the Garden of Eden, right? And that, that they were waiting for a Messiah and that we are waiting for his return. I think it's, it's easy oftentimes to forget that we're waiting. It's, it's, we, we, we want kind of the full culmination of the kingdom here. And we get frustrated as if, you know, wait, it's, it's supposed to be here already. But the reality is, waiting and, and, and joyful waiting, like we talked about last Sunday, is part and parcel of what it means to be a Christian. And so we, we get this season where, we, where we, we remember and we practice, we develop this, this discipline um, of joyful waiting. And which is, is, I think, why Advent is of particular power this year. Um, I think I, I, I even know for me, as I looked forward into the season of Advent, I came to it with a very different both expectation and even with a different so, so sobriety, a different like sober mindedness, thinking that that this has been a year, a difficult year and a year filled with waiting, one that is very acute in our waiting and grounding that experience in history as opposed to just the whims of the day and the whims of the highlight and the you know news of the day is is really I think both meaningful and particularly helpful. I mean, as as the two of you have reflected on Advent and its unique power this year, um, what what do you think it teaches us about 2020, or maybe what do you think it teaches us for this experience of 2020? Well, speaking just personally for myself, and I alluded to this a little bit during God's activity this week, um, 
I've just been having a really hard time orienting myself in, in time. It's so easy to forget what day it is and just feel like weeks are passing and you're, mm. we're in like the 11th of Febtober right now. And just like, <laughs> like what, what even is happening? Um, and it's like these entire calendar seasons have been absorbed under the banner of like pandemic. And it just, mm. it feels like so much time is passing, but nothing's happening. So I'm like spinning my wheels, but I'm not going anywhere and I'm literally not going anywhere because I'm not going anywhere. So, um, I feel like a lot of people feel like that and like we're in the same place every day, staring at the same walls. We're like doing the same things. We're just trying to make ends meet. And I think that that does something to you psychologically when we feel like there's no passage of time, it feels like there's no moving forward. And it's not about like progress or productivity even, although that, might feel like part of it it's really it's about like movement and feeling like you're actually living life um and so when i think about advent this year advent is a reminder that like we are moving forward like time is moving forward we are moving through this season this like pandemic season there will be an end to this this season of what we're experiencing now and Advent is just, it's a tangible reminder that God, that time is moving forward towards God's purposes being brought out in the world. And it's like, it feels like it will never end, but, but it will, it will be. And even though everything else got upended this year, it, it didn't change anything about God at all. Such an awesome, an awesome reminder, actually, because what you're describing is hope, right? It's this looking forward to something in the future and what's fascinating about advent to me is uh, especially relevant for 2020 is there's two advents right and we are celebrating the first advent and the first advent is one where the whole world waited ever since sin entered the world the whole world waited for god to come and rescue us Jesus is sent into the world. He lives a perfect life, dies on the cross for our sins, is resurrected from the dead. And we're waiting for him to come back to finally and fully fix everything. And so in the middle of a world that is so broken, like this world is, in the middle of um, uh, that time standing still, and really time standing still in, in the midst of that pain, right? Time standing still in the midst of pain, having that forward-looking anticipatory waiting posture that says i'm longing for jesus to come back waiting for him to come back eagerly anticipating him to come back and finally and fix everything finally fix everything and set up his kingdom on earth and um, establish uh, uh, a kingdom of justice and love and peace and grace where there's no more tears and no more pain um, and so this longing that we enter into now where we kind of put ourselves in the shoes of people waiting for the birth of Christ. We also in our own lives are looking forward to the return of Christ. And that hope is so powerful and so needed in a season like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I think we, we celebrate that in a number of different ways, right? We try to facilitate that, that reminder that draws our hearts and, and minds back through, through these, um, seasonal celebrations that kind of get grounded in some just real practical 
traditions we can do or some real practical um, focused led time we can do. And that's where I know, Ashley, the, um, I know you, along with Nicole Austin, Meredith Stores, have put together and developed this, this Advent devotional that our church family is, is using this year. I, even just a few days in, it's been a huge blessing for our family. We, we've been oh, we've so enjoyed uh, getting to do it. And, and I, I, I've really loved um, both reading the passages together and then even just the three simple questions, like the three kind of basic like hermeneutical questions you have. But even just to get to a- ask those questions together, we've been having these like conversations that I didn't even expect to have a- as a family um, as we've just, it's renewed this opportunity for family worship to sit and stop and, um, engage and meditate on this together, not only as a family, but also individually, right. As I like meditate on these passages, uh, myself. So what, I mean, this this is the first time we've done this. It was just kind of developed for this year. We've done devotionals in the past, but it's the first time. What, what led you guys to want to develop a, Advent devotional like this for our church family? Uh, well, first of all, we wanted to make sure Advent happened. Um, not that. Okay. First <laughs> not of that all, can I say it. thank you? No, but first of all, can I say thank you? Like, I feel like, I, I mean, it's just, it's been, I mean, you don't want to talk about like time, you know, passing and you're not, I think that without you, like, you, you like tapping on our shoulders and being like, hey, Advent's coming. Like, what, what are we gonna do? How can we help make this a reality? I feel like th- there's a chance it would have gotten swallowed up with everything else, even in my life. And I feel super ministered to by the fact that you've had that. Anyways, I, I so first of all, let, let, let's say thank you for even making it happen, period. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, honestly, like we knew that you guys being, you know, the pastors had a, a lot on your plate, um, to put it lightly, between like, figuring out the logistics of like the live stream and then the outdoor services. And then remember that time you did a sermon series on politics. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, And then you're starting a new series and that's in addition to like everything that you're normally doing and like having worked on staff for a few years, I just, I know that like we talk about things in August, it's like Advent feels like it's so far away. And then suddenly it's like the last week in November and you're like, Oh my gosh, what is happening? So, um, so yes, we, we wanted to, make sure that, um, yeah, just that, that it happened and that we, we had an idea for what we wanted to do and were able to run with it. Um, as far as like the content, I mean, it was a conversation between the three of us. Um, Nicole and Meredith had both voiced that like the Jesus Storybook Bible, while absolutely lovely, um, was something that they as a family had been through together so many times that it, it didn't necessarily feel like it was that that different to use it for Advent. So we just wanted to try to do something new that felt distinct from what we've done in the past because this year has just been so distinct. Um, And we did actually start off working with um, that liturgical calendar that Matt was talking about, like the the three-year kind of, um, you know, structure. There's, There's churches that use certain passages. So we were looking at those, but um, they they didn't necessarily all connect together. And since we're all feeling so scattered, um, just as a whole, we thought we might bring some cohesion. And so I worked to adapt it to be more along the lines of those titles in Isaiah 9-6. And um, you can thank Meredith for the 
simple liturgical questions. Um, those were her idea and Nicole coordinated the um, musicians and just together we, we worked on it. And I think that hope um, was a really fitting theme um, like Matt was talking about that there's a certain sadness to hope like hope is a painful thing. Like you are waiting for something that like you don't, you think it's going to happen and you're waiting expectantly for it to happen. But like it, it kind of sucks while you're waiting for it. Um, so there's a certain sadness in, in hope. Like you want hope, but it also holds that tension of sadness. And I think that that captures this, this season really well. Um, yeah. So that's so good and so true. And one of the things I really appreciated, even as I've I've looked through it, I, I want you to to speak to a little bit because so, some of the passages are very kind of traditional Advent passages, right? Like they're prophecies, mm -hmm. things like prophecies about the coming Messiah. Uh, some of them don't fit that mold exactly, um, right? So some of them are are, are even like uh, like last night and Psalm was it mm -hmm. Psalm ninety. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so as you, as you put that together and you kind of utilize some like kind of traditional Advent passages, but also passages just about maybe hope more generally, um, how did you decide to what to weave in there? Well, part of it was just coming back to the acknowledgement that Everything else has changed, but God has not. So the idea that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that God is consistent in his character, that if God could be trusted to keep his promises from a prophecy from Isaiah being fulfilled in the Gospels, then the promises that we have today for the future, we also have that same confidence in God. Like if he's kept his promises in the past, then he'll keep them in the future and just harking back to that that way. And and there was a part of me that was a little worried that since the the passages didn't directly connect to Christmas, that maybe it wouldn't it wouldn't feel um like it made sense to people, but I think Nicole and Meredith were very encouraging that um, that people would see those connections. They would see the connections between God's faithfulness in the past and his faithfulness in the future and the consistency of his character when it comes to, um, you know, providing for his people in those different ways. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I, I so agree. Like, I think it's, I think it's so powerful. And one of the things it, it does for me at least is it also grounds the grounds of the prophetic maybe traditional advent type passages in reality in a way that shows them as this part of this this bigger story this this bigger ultimate hope it to, to me it's the same experience as when we sing uh christmas carols as worship right because like it's one thing to hear it and to like hear bing crosby you know sing it and to you know hear it in a store it's another one to like think about the words and sing them to God as I'm, as I'm saying, and it, it w when we put it in that context of musical worship, even alongside, you know, other songs, other worship songs we're singing, it, it grounds those songs in reality in, in a way that these, these passages are all, they, they all tie together as this, this story of this ultimate hope. So I, I, anyways, I, I really appreciate it actually. I think it really, um, 
yeah, I think it's a powerful way to meditate through, kind of woven in through this, this Advent season. I love that you mentioned the songs too, because that was one of the things that we were most excited about is like, you know, I, I can't get enough Christmas carols. I love Christmas carols. I, I <laughs> just bring them on, bring, bring it on. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right. They do flow uh, completely in consistency with um, just praising God that way. So, so we put them in there. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm so thankful for the songs too. And, and even for the musicians in the church who like jumped at the opportunity to, you know, provide, really lead us together um, in those. I, um, which I, I actually, I think leads to me, like, I would love for e- each of you to maybe share for, e- maybe all of us to share a little bit of some of our favorite Advent traditions. Like what, what brings uh, meaning to us? M- Matt, I've heard that you don't have enough traditions. Um, you need a few more. It's not that, well, you're gonna you're kind of putting me in an awkward position here scott i, I realized it i realized it as i was saying it i didn't oh, okay. think about it before i said it but once i said there, it, I there can it. be sometimes people anyone in the in different families at different points who may wonder if they have enough traditions in their life around the holidays so that's something that does that does come up from time to time in one's life was that good did i, did I recover that <laughs> Uh, so, okay. So what, what are the traditions that you do have that you particularly enjoy or are particularly meaningful as you think about the Advent season? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that the, the thing about singing and and that I love and and what I, I love that you did, you incorporated that into this one in a, in a more full way, actually into this, um, uh, Advent, um, devotional is there's, there's something so powerful about songs and something so powerful about, um, Christmas carols. Um, they're devotional. They're, uh, something that really for me draws my heart to worship. So, the thing, some of the things that we've done in our in our home as traditions, a lot of it is just related to singing Christmas carols or singing singing songs together. Um, on top of the Advent devotionals, kind of year in and year out, um, lighting the candle and all the other components that do come up with that, um, we we love to sing. So when we sing the the, I am. Most people don't know this. I am an incredible, <laughs> incredible singer. We have I, the proof too. We, we have the we, recordings. Yeah, there's recordings that um, are are very exclusive. So I'm an incredible singer. So my kids always laugh at my singing because it's so terrible. Um, but our kids and the whole family, I think for us, a lot of the tradition is wrapped up in family, in scripture reading, but song really is such a powerful preaching tool i think in a lot of ways Mm. to really massage the hope of the gospel into our hearts and so we love to um, sing carols together we love to sing with other people we love to um sing songs we i have a you know we have a piano at home that there's like the kids have a, a a kids christmas carol version so they'll try to play the piano and we'll sing along and it's messy and raw and you know imperfect but to me, those those are the kinds of things that really draw our hearts as a family to worship in a season that um, uh, that that really needs that kind of focus. So we sing a lot of songs in our home. 
And some non-Christian songs too, right? Some of the non-Christian songs. Here's the thing. Here's I'm going to say this. All right. This is say a, it, Matt. This is a, say it. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. No one can stop me. Well, Scott <laughs> can stop me. He can mute me. But um, but even the not the non. I muted him. He, mu- he I did muted it. me. He muted I did. Me. Okay. Just to put him in his place. He's like he's like a mall, he's like a mall security guard who you know, just got exercising a little power. bit of authority. Nothing against mall security guards, but right. uh, if there's mall security guards listening, but the the uh, what I would say is even the non the the secular Christmas songs are imbued with a lot of meaning if Christmas itself has meaning, right? Mm. And so it's it's actually interesting to think about because. The reason we're celebrating, you know, if we're if you hear a, a Christmas song that's, you know, Frosty the Snowman or whatever, like something about Christmas, whatever it is, they if it if it's wrapped up in a, a celebration of the birth of Christ in your heart and in your posture, you can celebrate Christmas even with the world about Jesus. So I'm okay with secular Christian music or secular <laughs> Christian Christmas music as well. So, anyways, that's a controversial thing. But a deep. Go holly jolly christmas just a, a, a holly jolly christmas holly jolly christmas yeah there's, absolutely there's also some some like symbolism that i didn't even know like the the holly and the ivy like that's a christmas carol that people don't really sing all that often but like holly has a symbolism like related to um like the crown of thorns that jesus wore and like i didn't know that about you know that symbol in in christmas but you know people put up holly and it doesn't mean that for them but now that i know that that's kind of where it came from it's like oh well that's that's a cool thing that i in my heart i know it it relates to that even if you know it's not like an overt kind of thing so i think there's a I lot see, of stuff in christmas that's you're like you're redeeming it you're redeeming it. i think about being crosby it's beginning to look a lot like christmas right yeah. to me even that like that's almost like a an advent advent kind of song in some ways where Mm -hmm. it's like there's this preparation it's secular it's not christian i understand it but it's like this secular preparation it kind of it it can stir my heart to say i need to be celebrating this advent season Mm -hmm. of waiting for the coming of christ Mm -hmm. so anyways i know that's weird but no actually no i actually think it's really helpful i think it's really helpful i i i take back my mute (laughs) i do it's too late you know (laughs) I truly and honestly, because I didn't do Advent growing up, like I don't really have a lot of traditions. Mm -hmm. It's funny. The first year that Dave and I were married, we found this Advent calendar with Valrona chocolate. It's like this really good dark chocolate. And that was like our favorite thing was to like do Advent and then eat eat the little chocolate. Um, (laughs) It was just like a bonding thing. We haven't been able to find it since, um, but I don't have any more like holy suggestions or holy traditions. Like that's part of why I'm so grateful that the church does something is because like, I I honestly, I wouldn't really know how to celebrate Advent aside from. Well, and yeah, I mean, and that's why I think even, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it sounds like for you, like even when you were single, like the, the tradition, the traditions in the local church, right? The, yeah our 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 they're our family traditions right and i think we we have like as a a church family we have these traditions and this is i mean it's one of the things that i love so much because i think that part of the impetus for even this devotional came from the fact that our we have church these aren't like individual family traditions this is these are church family traditions that you're like hey we gotta make sure this happens this year even in the midst of this maybe especially um in the midst of this because of the yeah 
creativity of it. I, for, for me, I, I mean, it's singing's a, a, a big part of that too, but I love Christmas lights. I, like I love Christmas oh, lights. Yes. I think it's so cool that somehow in our weird, completely secularized, and I know com- consumeristic like culture, in preparation for the celebration of the coming of the savior of the world, everybody makes everything that when it gets dark, everything looks prettier and bright. Like, I just, I can't get past the symbolism of it. I just love it. And I love, and I, I love putting up, you know, Christmas lights wherever we can. I mean, even, even when we were in apartment, like I'd like do whatever we could to like hang up somewhere, even just to, to, to symbolize, right. I mean, and, it, this, the symbol is so obvious, right? The light coming into the darkness, the light coming into the world. And particularly, I've actually felt this more this year. I don't know why. It, maybe it's because I, I in the s- s- summer and fall, I got into this like routine of doing, of, of, instead of exercising in the morning, I'd like exercise like after work just to kind of give myself, since, since I didn't have a commute anymore, I like mm-hmm. needed to break something that signaled like I'm done. But now it gets dark at like 4.30. Yeah. And so I'm not, and I'm not done working yet. And so I'm like, ah, oh, it's like dark so early. So I'm feeling the, but as the, as Thanks the world Daylight Savings time. Horrible. We do a podcast I voted against the, it. I voted against it. Me too. And it passed and it should have been gone. We're, it's injustice. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but we, uh, like as, as the world gets darker, more and more dark earlier and earlier, there's this moment, this season where we light up the darkness. Um, and I just, so, I mean, yeah, even every, like, yeah, every little thing, it's, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge, and I think that's where, I mean, to your point, Matt, I think, actually, I think it's a really helpful point. We can use this season, everything around us can become reminders uh, that point us to Christ, and that's a, a huge, um, yeah, a huge blessing, a huge opportunity. Even, even gift giving, right? Like, we, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Caleb the other day to me it said to me he's like he we were talking we were talking about presents and talking about giving gifts for family and those kinds of things and even receiving gifts like what are your what are you interested in for Christmas obviously those things can be wrapped up in materialism and greed and all these other things it can be a terrible thing but he looked at me and he's like dad we get presents for Christmas because Jesus is the ultimate present for Christmas I was like yeah, that's why we do that. We give and we receive presents on Christmas because Jesus is the ultimate present on Christmas. And that's 100% true. It's not just like that. Sometimes it's turned around. It's like hyper spiritualized and said, oh, because Jesus is the present for Christmas, we should give. But he connected it not to just giving, but also to receiving. And I think there's something mm-hmm. powerful about that in redeeming some of those things that can be easily twisted in this season. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, I've wrestled through this, but both with our kids and with myself, right? Like there's, there's no joy in giving if there's no joy in receiving, right? The the joy in giving comes from the joy that is experienced in, in the receiving. And, um, and I think God invites us just like he does in the, the beauty, ultimately in the gospel, right? To experience the, the joy of receiving, the joy of gracious uh, reception is so, so powerful and so beautiful. So, well, I, I, it, it makes me so glad <laughs> for this time of year. Uh, it, even in 2020, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Um, and we have, uh, yeah, 
so many so many different opportunities to celebrate and to remember um and i'm so thankful for the um devotional and everything that i think if, if you're listening to this today wednesday's song is joy to the world i think eric stallnaker's singing that for us online so thanks eric for nailed it in that. nailed it oh so so, so it's such a sweet way even for us to join together as a church family that's physically separated, that is waiting, that is enduring, that's pursuing patience with joy um, to celebrate together in these ways. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully even the podcast helps you to do that just a little more. So thank you, Ashley. Thanks for all your work on this. Thanks for. Yeah. And can I just, can I just yeah. say one more thing? You, um, yeah. Just when it comes to when it comes to Advent, I know sometimes you might have you might have the traditions that you do, and you might have so many things that you want to see happen. And I just want to encourage you that whatever Advent looks like for your family this season is is great and it's okay. Cool. And you should use you know this devotional that we put out. Like use it any way that you need to. Honestly, just whatever works for you and your family. Like it's meant to be a blessing and an option and not a pressure. So if you want to like take it and do follow the packet instructions to a T, go for it. If your kiddos are having a hard time connecting with it and you want to blend it with something else, do it. Like, or if you want to do something totally different, it's, it's fine. Um, I know for me personally, and for a lot of other people, like watching a video of someone reading scripture is about all I can handle right now. So if that's you, I just want you to know that that is 1000% okay. And that God delights in whatever your Advent celebration looks like. So yeah. Oh, thanks, Ashley. It's a sweet reminder. <laughs> even if, even if you only get to it two days a week, yes. right? you're like, well, we, we tried. That's a, that's a, a yes. I mean, there's so much guilt that can come with this season. And totally. that is the opposite of what God wants for you in this season. He wants that grace. Amen, Ashley. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you for that reminder. Thank you. Well, thanks. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Matt. And thank you guys for listening. We love you. We hope you have a holly jolly Christmas and we will see you either virtually or in person on Sunday.